0: Welcome to That's a Chunky. This is Kevin here Mm. with Jared, King of the Slams. What's up? And the woman who knows more about Detroiters than uh, Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson combined, Jessica.
1: Hey, guys, I doubt very much that's true. (laughs) Uh,
0: We are, no offense to our past guests, uh, none of them can compare to what we're about to do now. We are joined by a man Uh, who requires a very specific introduction. When we think of a name that people trust, only one comes to mind, a man who taught us about the world and a man who picks us up on our worst day and cheers us on our best, the man we rely on most, Mort Krim. Mort, thank you for joining us today.
2: It seems to me I've heard that introduction somewhere in my... (laughs) (laughs) um. Well, Kevin, it sounded so natural. I assumed you just came up with it on the fly, but um, yeah, is
0: that have you heard that before, Jared? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I felt like I had, but it was just so beautiful there, there's a saying
3: among writers uh, that if you if you borrow a line that somebody else has written, that's plagiarism. But if you borrow
0: from ten different writers, that's research. <laughs> Um, they say I'm the show's foremost researcher. Um, Good. <laughs> yeah, You have to be in this business. Yeah, yes, It's at least what I tell myself. Um, and, but then again, I'm also going to um, let Jessica ask all the questions because she knows more about Detroiters than anybody. So, uh, Jessica, jump right in. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see what you have for us.
3: That's funny sure. you're going to ask all the questions because I have a cat over here that's going to give all the answers.
1: So. <laughs> Beautiful. I love cats. <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure, Mark. Thank you so much for being here with us. Um, the easiest way I figured to kick it off would be just asking you about what your Detroiters journey started. Like where, who did you first meet? How did you hear about the show? Um, did Tim and Sam call you? How did it kind of all start for you?
3: Well, I can tell you the story as it was told to me. Uh, I got a call from a talent agent in Detroit that I'd known for some time. Very nice lady and I knew her when I lived there and worked there. And of course, I'm retired now in Florida. And she called and said, they're doing this show called The Detroiters. And she said, uh, the, the producer of the show said, we, we would like to get a Mort Krim type to do this jump uh, of the week thing. And they, they knocked it around for a while. And she said, well, why don't you ask Mort Krim If you're looking for a Mort Krim type,
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: they weren't sure that I would do it. And I, when they called, I thought, well, this sounds like fun. And I, I've, I've still got a pretty busy schedule. I do voiceovers and I do quite a, a few things on the side just to keep busy. And I'm still writing. But I thought I've got time to do that, especially if I can do the videos uh, here in Florida. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a, we have a studio that actually it's affiliated with Post Newsweek station, with Channel Four in Detroit. That I'd done some work here and. Uh, So I said, Yeah, if I can do the clips here, I'll be happy to do it. So they sent me the script. The producer got on the line uh, while I was doing the video so that he could uh, direct. And if it wasn't exactly what he was looking for, he could redo it. So that first season, that's what we did. And I had this little cameo uh, where I showed up on the TV set in the bar uh, doing the chump of the week. So season one ends, and now we're between. Uh, tapings, and I get a call from the show producer, uh, I guess the the executive producer is Lauren Michaels, who does Saturday Night Live and a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. on Comedy Channel, but the the line producer, uh, who was actually on, on set doing the shows, he called me and he said, are you up to doing the cameos again for the second season? And I said, sure, it was fun. I enjoyed it and uh he said well this time we want to do one show about you or you will be the star of the show and i said well that's interesting uh, i the only requirement i would have is uh, you know the right to adjust the script or change the script if i thought something was not since i'm playing myself
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, i don't want to do anything that is uh, that, you know would be contradictory to what uh, what my image is, what, I, what I've tried to portray over the years. For sure. So they, they sent me the uh, script, and uh, there was only one small item in it that I felt was uh, a little out of line because I said, I just don't use those words. And so <laughs> they said, not a problem. Uh, I said, well, you know, you're asking me to play myself, and so I have to be authentic uh, to who I am. But I thought it was a funny script. I thought it was a funny premise. Um, we, uh, they had me come to Detroit uh, to do that filming because it was, you know, involved other people. I couldn't do it from here, and uh, so I spent I think three days on the set. I had my own trailer. I had my own makeup person. I had my own director's chair with my name on the back, and it was all
1: nice.
3: pretty neat, pretty much Very fun. Nice, different than doing the news. <laughs>
1: Could we ask you what the letter, or sorry, what the first letter is of the word you weren't going, willing to say, or is that uh, undercover? Top secret. Start with an F.
3: <laughs> I it might have been son of a bitch. I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember, but it just didn't sound like me, and I thought, you know, this—it's not going to help the script to have me. Mm-hmm. It's out of character. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't mind the line, you know, your your jacket smells like shit. That, I mean, that, <laughs> that, that, that A line that I didn't feel comfortable going across. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it just doesn't feel right to me. But yeah. I don't I honestly don't remember what the word was, but it was.
1: No worries. Wow. You I were do were have very... a follow-up question about that jacket, by the way. Sorry, Jared.
2: No, sorry. One question I is, you were very comfortable threatening ISIS in that episode, so I'm assuming... That is in character. Um, I don't
3: don't have a soft spot in my heart for them.
2: (laughs) I'm assuming, I I don't know, has ISIS uh, tried to confront you? I have noticed that ISIS maybe is on a little bit of a downturn. I'm curious if that is uh, as a result of your direct threat to them in the furniture commercial.
3: Oh, I don't think there's any question. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it absolutely had the effect that... uh, we were, and, and if, yeah, I think if we were doing the show again, we could probably uh, end the war in Ukraine, <laughs> uh, bring peace to the Middle East. Uh, it was a powerful yeah. show, it was a, and, and it was a powerful part that I was asked to play. But absolutely, I, I, I don't know. Somebody may wake up and realize what uh, incredible potential there is for a third season.
0: Oh yeah. We are on thousand board. Thousand
1: percent yeah. Big supporters here for that.
0: It has to be yeah. inevitable.
1: <laughs> it's when, not if.
0: Like what what sort of what sort of bank truck do we need to back up to get Tim Sam and Mort um rolling again? I don't I don't understand what the delay is. I'm I i do not even have a question. I just want to voice oh, my it's frustration.
3: Been, it's awfully busy in Hollywood. I see uh on- instagram all the time he's uh, busy accepting emmys and doing more shows and by the way did you see him on ted lasso yeah, ted yeah. Lasso. did you see his portrayal of the uh, uh of the african prince mm-hmm. yes very funny he got an emmy for that it was hilarious yeah.
0: and um i believe that show had the same creator as detroiters i believe joe kelly um helped create that show as well as Detroiters. There's a reporter on that show named Crim.
3: Oh,
1: <laughs> is that an homage?
3: And that was done purposely. And uh, somebody amazing.
2: Oh, no way. The
1: yeah,
3: that show was uh, apparently a fan of mine. And and so he just as a kind of a little tribute to me, he named that reporter on the on the Ted Lasso show Crim.
2: I don't remember what the first name was. but uh, Love Yeah, the name's escaping me right now
0: i can't believe i uh trent crim i can't believe i didn't put those
2: that's it it. trent
0: together
3: i'm thinking if i ever go back into the business i'll become trent crim it's just a nice name i mean mort means (laughs) death rich (laughs) it's true be much nicer yeah yeah um i
1: think mort's perfect (laughs) i think mort's
3: perfect too i really is it's a strong
1: name name, you know
3: Bob Talbert used to call me Grim Grim. so maybe a, a <laughs> name. <of reason. laughs> How did
1: you earn that nickname?
3: Because I was pretty serious. Uh, because mm. I, because I wasn't uh, Bill. Uh, what's his name? Uh, you know the guy I'm talking about uh, over Channel Seven. Oh, mm. I
1: might need Channel Seven some. guy. Channel Four people in this house,
3: I was giving you every opportunity there, and you. I guess you never watched him. That's that's okay.
0: Bill Bonds? Yes. Yeah, we're actually, we don't have any Detroit natives among us. Uh, We should have probably brought in a ringer.
3: Um, The ones from my generation on the air are pretty much all gone now. Uh, Al Ackerman has passed away. Jack LeGoff has passed away. Bill Bonds is gone. Uh, I did have lunch last week with Chuck Gatica and Dan Mountney. I don't know if you remember Dan. He was one of our major reporters, did a lot of great stuff for Channel 4. And Chuck and Susan have remained really good friends over the years, as has Carmen. I don't see her that often. But uh, Chuck and Susan and Dan Mountney are all retired at Estero, Florida, which is a small community near Fort Myers. So I loaded up my old cat into the RV and we drove over to the Gulf side of the state and had a great reunion with those guys. And then after lunch, we went out to the RV and we sat around in front of the RV on the patio and told
0: more lies. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And what, what else, are there other things from Detroiters that were like homages to your time working? You know, like we know WDIV, You're at Channel Four, and then on the show, you're on Channel Four News. Like, what did you have other subtle homages in Detroiters to your to your life as an anchorman in Detroit? Uh,
3: I didn't write the scripts. Okay, Uh, they wrote them for me. I I did take liberties with a couple of them that uh, I tried to uh, didn't need to make them better because they were really well written. But uh, there would be an occasion where I would think, oh, gee, this just this line just works. I do a little ad libbing. But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't take many liberties with the script uh, because I thought they were well done.
0: It's amazing. There's a
1: couple of features about you in the show that are very specific. That I was curious whether or not it's real Mort or if it's made for TV Mort. Could we go through like a couple of rapid fire questions around some of the stuff that was featured in Detroiters that you did? Sure. Excellent. Okay. First is, are you really a pool shark?
3: I just got a new pool table. For my house, you know, my Excellent. wife passed away a couple of years ago, and
1: I'm sorry to hear that.
3: We had this sunroom built. Um, well, she and I were married 31 years; had a great marriage.
1: Wow, with, that's amazing.
3: And we had eight years here at our current home in the in a retirement community in Florida, and we loved it. And uh, so I'm staying here uh, with my cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer your question, I'm not a pool shark, but I hope to be now that I have. This- table. Uh, My son uh, went with me on a cruise to the Caribbean last November. And we stopped at a place in uh, Puerto Rico in San Juan uh, bar that had a pool table, and he says, "Come on, Dad, let's play some pool." And he just took me to the cleaners. Oh no! At <laughs> the I said, "Well, I'm glad to know that all that tuition money I paid to get you through college and grad school uh, did something worthwhile with that time. <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of time at the pool table to be as good as he is. So I'm hoping that now I can practice uh, in my own environment." That when he comes to see me the next time, I'll at least be able to hold my own.
1: Yeah. Best That's of luck to the rematch.
3: Saying, no, I'm not a pool shark. We had a professional. <laughs> great shots.
1: Oh, really? Very nice.
3: Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. They had to find somebody who was not only a professional, but had hands similar to mine. And so mm. he, he put on my jewelry, my rings, and bracelet. And so when they did, he got switch, them all back. It's <laughs> <laughs> only a pool shark, not a lone shark. But
1: uh, <laughs> I got everything back. Excellent. Um speaking of the pool hall, um, Jumbo's pool hall, I think it is in Detroit. Um, the jacket that Tim was wearing that everyone says stinks, did it actually stink in real life? Yep. No?
3: No, Tim did, but the jacket did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I imagine he smells like hot dogs. That's just an assumption.
3: Yeah, and cooking onions. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hot dog bowls.
1: Yeah. Um, Next question is, did you really, or sorry, do you really stand at your desk when you read the news?
0: No.
3: Mm. Old Henry Ford once once asked the secret of his longevity. Mm. Said, I never stand when I can sit, and I never sit when I can lie down. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it.
4: I agree.
3: I was, glad, I was glad you guys didn't say that I had to stand for this interview.
0: Or that
1: <laughs>
0: been, that it. That's, what, that's what ISIS would have wanted. Yeah. All of us standing.
1: And we if don't give in to terrorists. If told me that I could
3: lie down and do the interview, I'd have been yours for a couple of hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have no reservations.
1: Yeah. I'll clear my schedule. We're good. Yes.
0: Okay. Next um, question.
1: Next is on Best Friends Day in the last episode of season two. You brought in Dave onto the show. Is he really your best friend? Who's Dave? <laughs> <laughs> so, does that mean that the spot's open?
3: Uh, the spot's open. Yeah, uh, yeah, because most of my best friends have all died. So, it's that uh, I'm definitely auditioning for a best friend.
1: Well, then you've got three new applicants right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: that's true. We're uh, ready.
1: <laughs> um, Let's see. Do you really know every one of your friends on Facebook?
3: All 5,000 of them. And I know, <laughs> their dresses, I know where they live, and they better be careful what they say.
1: <laughs> you heard that, the world. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: By the way, I, um, I disabled my Facebook account, you know, 10 years ago, after watching some of the, that video again, recently, um, I thought about reactivating it just to friend you. Um, so that you could familiarize yourself with my kids' names and uh, their accomplishments. <laughs> but, uh, I have I not re- done that
3: yet. I remember when you did that, and I've missed him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What was that more? That last part?
3: I said I knew when he did that, and I've missed him
2: ever since. <laughs> oh, well, right, maybe so. I will get it, fire it back up. I actually, yeah. on the topic of kids in this um Little known fact, most of our listeners are adolescent girls. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm I'm, I'm a father of an adolescent girl. And I noticed you did a promo for Olivia Rodrigo um, and her new album. I'm just curious how that came into being um, in in the event that there is an adolescent girl listening to this.
3: I was just as curious as you are. (laughs) So here I am, sitting here in Florida. I am now a great-grandfather. I have wow, I have five grandchildren, three great grandchildren. Wow. <clears throat> and and uh, so I'm sitting down here in a retirement community. still have an active life. I play tennis three days a week. I'll be playing in the morning. And uh, I'm blessed with good health. I'd ride my bike. But still, I'm a great-grandfather. And I get this call from a young woman uh probably old enough to be my granddaughter who calls from hollywood and said uh, mr crim olivia rodrigo would like you to be the voice on the trailer for her first album well my first question was who the hell is olivia rodrigo <laughs> <laughs> so i thought well if she's a young pop singer, I'll ask my grandkids, and they let out a squeal, you don't know who Olivia Rodrigo is, she's the hottest thing, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, okay, all right. So I agreed to do it, and uh, we worked out a fee, and uh, they said, I I have a studio here in my home, I'm sitting in it right now, it's a combination office studio, and I've got all the professional equipment. And I said, can I do it here? And they said, sure. So they sent me a script and gave me the time limit for it. And uh, I sent three or four versions of it. And they said, we love it. it's great. I said, I, I'm so curious to know because I'm not on the market anymore. It's not like I have an agent who's out there you know, saying, Here, here's more grim for voiceovers. And she said, well, it's very simple. She said, you were the voice on a cut on the white stripes Elephant. And uh, Olivia is a Bravo. big, white stripes, and she heard your voice on that cut. Little Acorns was the name of it, in case you guys don't know. And uh, she said, I want that voice for my trailer. And so I've now done two of them. I did, I did the one for her most recent, also. But, uh, it's life is interesting, you know. Uh, Kevin Bacon talked about six degrees of separation, and I'm, I'm impressed every single day. I went to a party the other night, uh, here in the, here in the retirement community. Some of these parties get wild, they'll, they'll run till late 30 at night sometimes. <laughs> so, I uh, I, made, I knocked over a few walkers on my way in to the- <laughs> So, I'm at this party. And I'm introduced to this woman, and uh, she was in the process of leaving the community and moving to Ohio to be closer to her family. And I said, what part of Ohio? And she said, Hamilton. I said, I went to junior high in Hamilton and started high school in Hamilton. My father was minister of a church in Hamilton. Hamilton is a little town, maybe 150,000 people. And of all the people in the world, and all the people I could meet at this, there are only seven or eight of us at this party. And of all the places she could be moving, and of all the places I could have been from, mm-hmm. Hamilton, Ohio, and we're, we're comparing notes and street addresses and, and places, of uh, restaurants, and so forth. And uh, I'm always amazed at what a small world it is and mm-hmm. how often you run into people in the strangest places. I, I was sitting at an outdoor restaurant in Paris. This is back when I worked in Philadelphia and this man and woman walked up and said, are you Mark Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I watch you every night on KYW in Philadelphia. There's Paris, France. So
4: Very cool.
3: uh, it's a small world and it's, uh, it's always interesting and fascinating to me for these little coincidental kinds of things.
1: Absolutely. Have you ever been to Italy, or at least have you still never seen a fat Italian?
3: <laughs> I have been to Italy, and I, uh, uh, I plead the fifth on the second part of <laughs> Respectable <laughs>
1: answer. Appreciate it.
3: Uh, I've been to Italy a few times. I was over for uh, when Cardinal uh, when Archbishop Maida was elevated to Cardinal. Oh, and when uh, Shaka was at Elevated to Cardinal, I was over there twice for the station to cover the, uh, uh, the promotion to Cardinal of uh, two Detroit archbishops. And
4: I've been here yeah. other times on vacation. Very
1: nice. Yeah. Um, I know you had mentioned before that you typically did your cameos from your home in Florida. But I was wondering when you did have to head to Detroit and film with the cast, do you have any favorite moments or scenes that you were filming that you really enjoyed from your time when you were with everyone?
3: Oh, well, I have a story for you. That is,
1: I love stories.
3: It's just almost too embarrassing to tell.
1: No, but don't it, feel embarrassed. Yeah, don't be. Feel- yeah,
3: probably shouldn't tell it because it's uh, it it makes me look bad.
1: No, nothing I, could make you look I find bad. That hard more, to believe. I promise.
3: It does. It does.
1: If anyone thinks you look bad after this, I will personally send them boxes of diarrhea for the rest of their life.
3: <laughs> Good. Okay, now with that caveat, let <laughs> yes. me tell you the story. So, you remember the opening uh, to my newscast that they had created where I kind of running in out of a firing into a fire and,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and I'm hanging from a helicopter and at one point <laughs> yeah. I'm running a motor scooter or motorcycle. Well, all that was done with green screen, of course, and when I'm dangling from the helicopter, I'm actually standing on a Coke box and, uh, and so it's all it's all make believe Hollywood put together but the motorcycle scene <clears throat> and this motorcycle set up in the middle of the studio with the green screen behind it where they're going to super in the, the landscape and uh, this young producer and that's probably ridiculous to say that because they're all young like you guys they're everybody's young my doctor's a teenager <laughs> So. They, uh, the producer came out, the, the young man, and he said, uh, "Mr. Krim, I, I, I worked and worked to try to get them to call me Mort, but they were all so young, they were all intimidated." And finally, I said, "If you don't quit calling me Mr. Krim, I'm going to walk off the set." So, <laughs> anyway, we we got through that hurdle. Well, he came out and he said, "Now, would you like to have a box when it comes time for you to get up on the motorcycle?" And I looked at him. Now, this very sweet young thing, who was my personal hairstylist and makeup girl, is sitting next to me, gorgeous young lady. And uh, I thought, I'm going to get up on a box. I'm going to look like some creepy old
4: man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, you know, here I've been working with her for the last couple of days, and she's sitting here. I said, I don't need a box. I've ridden motorcycles, ridden horses. Blown airplanes, climb to the top of huge mountains. Well, that part's, a, that's not true. I of <laughs> I, yeah, I was in. It, it was actually a landfill, but it had grass growing. <laughs> on it. So, so it comes time for me to do this motorcycle scene. And the young producer said, Mr. Grimm. And I went over. And I could not get my leg up over. The motorcycle seat
4: about?
3: I, as I might, it was high, it was big, it was a huge motorcycle. And I grabbed my leg with both hands and I tried, I couldn't get it up there. So finally, the young man walks over with a Coke, a wooden Coke box, you know, that you put Coca Cola, and he sets it down. He said, Mr. Grimm, and I, red faced and embarrassed and thoroughly chagrined that this beautiful young lady had seen this demonstration that I really was, in fact, a decrepit old man.
1: No. I blame Tim and Sam for getting too big of a a huge hog. They should have gotten a normal-sized hog.
3: (laughs) I got on the motorcycle and we did the scene.
2: And it looks great. I I believed it was real the whole time, and I'm a little disenchanted now that you weren't (laughs) hanging from the helicopter. It's fine. It's fine.
3: I always hate to disillusion the night.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to ask about the helicopter. Now, I now I'm out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I've got plenty good. more. No worries.
0: All right.
1: Um. So, more. I know you don't usually comment on the commercials, but we would love to know if you have a favorite commercial, and it can be real life or from the show.
3: Do I have a? favorite commercial from real life or from the show? Well, I love the Geico commercials. The Geico Gecko is one of my favorite characters. Mm.
4: Um,
3: I don't remember any uh, 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 Gardner Weiss <laughs> you <laughs> representing. Um, no, I guess uh, I think a lot of the commercials these days are pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> One one comment that I have about commercials, and I don't know what the answer is to this, but you start looking at commercials now. Every time you see a commercial with people, they are always laughing. Mm. In real life, people aren't always laughing. No. And it gets a little tiring after a while to see all, because it makes the commercials unreal. If everybody's always happy and jubilant and joyous and at everything all the time, what kind of authenticity can the commercial have? I don't it know what- a little
1: the, more grim crim, right?
3: What, yeah, you don't want to have people looking dour and sad and angry and unhappy, but it just, it strikes me that there must be a way to do commercials that doesn't have people always looking like they just had a mouthful of laughing gas.
2: <laughs> I would hope yeah. so. Yeah it sounds like we need to hire
1: cramblin duvet to do all of the commercials and maybe geico would be open to a pairing for season three with more featured
3: i don't know if you're aware but my cat (laughs) groucho is a reporter amazing and groucho has uh he has a a page on my youtube channel called groucho and the old guy And every time we make a trip together, he does a little mini documentary, two and a half to three minutes, called uh, "Groucho and the Old Guy." He builds himself as the world's greatest reporter cat. He talks. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how that's done. Uh, (laughs) I have to kill all three of you.
1: (laughs) That's Uh, totally fair. But yeah,
3: yeah, and that'd be the end of your podcast. That (laughs) would. It'd be be a way to go out, honestly.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Cram
1: took us all out.
3: (laughs) Quite a cat. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to see his reports, he hasn't done any lately because he's kind of (laughs) lazy. But he has reported on my travels, our travels together since my wife passed away. Uh, And I'll give you the backstory before you go rushing to YouTube to see these reports. Or to my Facebook page. Uh, after my wife passed away a couple of years ago, uh, I had a reservation. We we did a lot of travel by RV. It used to be boaters. And we used I used to have an airplane, and so we decided the RV was more age appropriate, and we bought a motorhome and traveled around the country. And I had already made a reservation for uh, Highlands, North Carolina. It's, it's beautiful. It's in the mountains, and uh, it's a, it's a quite a vacation retreat place, charming little town. And I debated whether to go because my at that point, my wife had only been gone about four months. And I was still in very deep grief. And my kids said, Dad, you can sit home and feel sorry for yourself. Or you can just go on up there and maybe you'll be around people. You'll meet some people. And uh, So I did and well all of my neighbors here in the neighborhood i i I have several good friends where i've known the couples and now one of them has deceased so there are a lot of widows and widowers in this in this area and uh we socialize we party together and so some of them were quite concerned about me taking off alone in the rv without my companion and i said don't worry about it well post on facebook about your travels, let us know how things are going with you and Gracchow. So I'm driving up. My first stop's going to be uh, overnight in Georgia uh, on my way up to Highlands, North Carolina. And I'm driving along, thinking that's going to be boring. What I'm going to say tonight? We pulled over and we spent the night in a Cracker Barrel parking lot. <laughs> I went in in the morning and I had a. a An omelet for breakfast and then we pulled in here and i got some diesel fuel at this truck stop and man i i can't imagine just posting about my travels because it's going to be boring and then i thought being a tv type and being a little creative and knowing a little bit about production i thought what if i had my cat do the reports so the first night or second night I got out my laptop. I had the iMovie program on it. And uh, so I wrote a script. I had Groucho record his part. I recorded my part. He doesn't know that he recorded his part, but it. Just... <laughs> and uh, I pulled out some appropriate music, and I made a soundtrack, and I did special effects, and I put in a title. And Gracho was off and running with his first report of Gracho and the old guy. Awesome. Well, it was a hit and it went viral and people were signing up. Uh, so we finally put him up on the YouTube channel. Long story short, which it's probably too late for that. I don't know. But I uh, I have 20 of these reports up on YouTube. now, And uh, they range all the way from... Uh, for to pathetic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that that's the bar, more.
3: <laughs> anyway, I, I think you might enjoy them. You can you can see them on YouTube or you can you have to go to my channel. And then there should be a page. I don't know if it's a folder page or whatever that says Groucho. And we all will... the reports are up there.
0: Yeah, we'll yeah, link we'll... them in the show notes so everybody can check them out. That sounds sounds fun.
3: It's, awesome. been, fun. it's been fun.
0: We're I actually to a company now that is
3: considering sponsoring him. Oh, wow! Yeah,
1: very nice.
3: That is company, it a Detroit based? Is it one of the an agent. He wants <laughs> an agent, he wants, of course, guaranteed tummy rubs every day in addition to additional treats.
4: Makes total sense.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: Love it. He's a
1: diva. Um, he's... he's a diva, but that's okay. Oh, yeah,
3: oh, yeah, 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 he is. He's he's
1: title to me yeah
3: a little narcissist <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mentioned representation um and i know that you have founded the crimson agency that's in detroit right mm-hmm. um would you ever do a collaboration with cramblin duvet maybe bring groucho into one of the episodes as well
3: uh where would we do this oh you you mean on on groucho's reports
1: yeah maybe introduce groucho into the detroiter's universe
3: he did a report on my return to Detroit and we did a tour of, of the Crimson agency that was interesting too because the guy who now owns that agency and is running it and he's very talented was might have been twenty two years old when I hired him Wow hired oh, wow its department and uh, he just he had so much promise and he just just learned the business and he, and he learned the business side of it to the point where I sold it to Terry O'Pria, who had been uh, the main guy that I brought in when I founded the company. Uh, Terry bought the company for me, owned it for seven years, and by the time he sold it and retired, Chris uh, Teton, who who now owns the company, was now in his early mid-50s and had matured to such a point where he just a frontline businessman. And it's been, so uh, Chris called me a few months ago, and he said, you know, this has been MCCI for ever since you founded the company. And uh, he said, we are thinking of a name change, but he said, we always want to honor your legacy as the founder of the company. And he said, we've played around with so many different variations of Mort and Crim. And he said, we finally come up with this. What do you think about it? The Crimson Agency. And I said, Crimson, you're, you're naming it after my kid. You're not naming it. After my <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my son had actually worked for the agency when I was there. And, uh, and helped me a little bit with some of my second thoughts, commentaries. But
1: Very anyway, cool. It's
3: Amazing. A it's a good life.
1: Yeah. I was wondering, because you lived in Detroit for so many years. You were on um, Channel 4 for almost 20 years. Is there any part of Detroiters that makes you nostalgic for the city? Because that is kind of like a big feature of the show is just the love for Detroit.
3: I I miss the city a lot and I try to get back there at least once a year and I go up every summer in the RV to uh, Lake Leelanau which is north of Traverse City and uh, my wife and I have done that for years and I'll be going again this summer. Uh, And I get through Detroit. Uh, I don't know if you saw the reunion show that we did with Carmen and and, uh, Chuck and Bernie and it was an hour long reunion show. Uh, it's on YouTube.
0: You no, ahead. we'll check that out and we'll link that as well.
3: Yeah. it was, That was really fun. And because uh, uh, I haven't kept closely in touch with those folks, but uh, and I've seen them from time to time. Carmen, I've talked to more regularly, I guess, than anybody else because we work more closely.
1: Mm. Oh, speaking of lakes, then, um, can you help <laughs> us settle a debate for Detroiters? All right. Okay. Is Lake Orion that far away?
3: (laughs) Is Lake Orion not far away?
1: Is it super far away from Detroit, like downtown Detroit? Lake Orion? Yes.
3: You're asking me if Lake Orion is close to Detroit.
1: (laughs) I'm just asking if someone were to say, could you drive me home after work because I need, you know, I don't have a car, would you take me to Lake Orion if I live there? Or is that, like, way too far if you live in Detroit?
3: It would depend on who was asking me.
1: Like if Freddie Motown Brown or...
3: How pretty she was, it'd be a lot of...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) It's good to have standards for long drives. I respect that. And it does sound like it's leaning towards Lake Orion's pretty far away.
3: It's pretty far. Yeah. Lake Orion is... I don't know. Was that a bit? Was that a bit? Yeah, a...
1: sorry. That was a bit.
4: <laughs> From the show. That was made in the show,
3: yeah.
1: Very sorry.
3: I wonder if I missed that episode. Uh, I, I saw most of them, but I can't say I saw every single one.
0: It's very okay. early on. It's
1: the fourth episode. Fourth episode. Um, the Devereaux Wiggs one with um, George Wallace as Freddie Motown Brown. Yeah. If that rings
4: a bell, it's okay. I'm pretty sure.
1: I don't know that Mort's in that episode. So that might be. Yeah. I don't know if you
2: why. Yeah. Is there there, other than your own episode, obviously, is there an episode that sticks out to you um, from the show that, that resonates with you? And well, actually you don't have to exclude your own. You can answer your own. If you, if that's the one that resonates the most
3: think they did one with David Bing that was kind of funny.
0: Right. Yeah. The mayor.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's it's always fun when you can have somebody who's been pretty important in the community and poke uh, fun, you know, laugh with them. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought they were all uh, clever and well done, well written, and well performed. And uh, they, uh, I was I was disappointed that it didn't go into third season but you know that's
1: television that's television we're all in that boat with you mark
0: Mm -hmm. i i have faith i think i think it's season three is inevitable um it has to happen
1: putting it out to the universe do you have any plans for who might be chumps of the week that you might nominate for when we do pick up season three anybody that you're like keeping your back pocket so you can name them on the show
3: well now that I've done this show with <laughs> oh, now uh, I have a rich pool from which to pick. I
0: would I would put it on my resume. I'm not even lying. Yeah. You know, Trump of the week
1: two thousand twenty four. We're getting t shirts, the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yes, it would do you. Would the you Sorry, I didn't hear your last uh thing but more uh, Of course you didn't. I heard one- worth to you to be the chump of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay any amount. I would enlist against ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Well the problem, the, the
3: problem is I have no platform anymore to make you chump of the week. It would go just walk into the ether
1: and nobody would know. That's Plus enough that's though, good. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, f-
0: I feel honored just to be considered. I've done a lot of acts to be considered for chump of the week so i feel like it's all paying off now
1: it's all culminating to
0: this (laughs) (laughs) was there oh sorry go ahead
3: once i get through auditioning for a new best friend i'll consider chumps of the week but i haven't gotten that that hasn't come up on the top of the pile yet
1: okay we'll figure out where everybody needs to submit their applications uh off the podcast we'll connect with you on that so I'm sure there are tons of viewers who would really like to submit as well, not just the three of us.
0: True, Vinod. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think we have a candidate.
3: Yeah, Uh, you three could certainly apply because it's a very low bar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I did have a question about Trump of the weeks. If there was a blooper reel. I'm so curious, because we see a lot of the, like, there's a couple of bloopers that they post on Facebook through Comedy Central and stuff from when the show first aired, but are there, like, any reels or any chumps that didn't make it to the show that you wish you had seen on the show?
3: Not that I recall. I don't recall that we did any that didn't make air. Uh, it's possible, but I just, I don't recall.
1: Okay. I mean, everything was probably perfect the first take, I imagine, is all it's all perfect. So that sounds about right.
3: Um, I might have done a, a couple of takes on some of them, but I don't recall doing any that uh, were trashed without without making air, because they, they wrote them for specific shows.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, Jared, if you have any more questions. I've got a couple more, but go right ahead. No,
2: I think this is implied from your comments, but if season three ever is a go, you're on board for uh, participating.
3: I didn't quite catch that. I'm having a little
2: trouble. If there there is a season three, are you you signed up um, for participating and and continuing your involvement? Uh,
3: It's never been discussed because I don't know that anybody's With the idea of a season three, Uh, certainly if I'm uh, still have my mental faculties (laughs) uh, and mobility and all of the things that I'm blessed with right now, although you might question that first part.
0: (laughs) I think um, we're more questioning about
3: ourselves. I'd be interested in doing it because it was fun. Yeah.
0: That's amazing.
2: Have you followed, obviously, the the podcast that you're on right now is focused on the show. I think you should leave, which is Tim Robinson's sort of sketch comedy show on Netflix. I'm I'm curious if you've watched that show, if you have any thoughts on it, if you knew about it (laughs) Um, post uh, post Detroiters, obviously Tim, Tim has kind of gone in a different direction a little bit.
3: I have not, uh, but I, yeah. What's the name of the show? It's called, I think you should leave.
2: It's uh Very short episodes, sketch comedy, very uh, a lot of similar uh humor. Um, just amplified, yeah, it's (laughs) amplified um, a little bit, but it's we highly recommend it if you have time and a Netflix account. Um, we've devoted this whole podcast to that show, and then you know, obviously, Detroiters rolls into it. The show, I think you should leave.
3: Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, that'd be amazing. amazing
1: and then once you do we'll have to revisit and have another interview with you mark because we'll have to know how you feel about i think you should leave
0: i would i would love that
1: if you're open to it obviously
3: we'll we'll see how that works out you're right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i respect that answer
3: <laughs> at my age i don't buy green bananas so
2: you know. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Now I'm again, never going to be able to
2: look at a green banana the same way again.
0: Again, our our listeners are at home, you know, thinking that Mort is clearly the most coherent of the four of us right now. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely.
4: So, <laughs>
0: they're they're probably a little confused by that, but 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 we understand your point. Well, I've had a lot of years
3: to practice coherence. <laughs> 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 I was talking to Bill Bonds one day, and he. he he, he was he was a funny guy, and, and bill and i we even though we were competitors on the air, we enjoyed each other and uh, he told me one day he said, "You know Mort. He said, "The most important characteristic for a news anchor is authenticity. Once you can fake that, you've got it made
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing
1: love your sense of humor, Mort. Do you have a favorite day of news telling from your time in Detroit? Like, was there a news story or anything Mm. from your 20 years at Channel 4 that you remember the most?
3: There were two interviews that come to mind as uh, two of the most interesting people for entirely different reasons. One was Coleman Young. He was mayor of Detroit at the time I was there and the other was Bishop Desmond Tutu of South Africa. Mm. Uh, He came through town and I had the pleasure of interviewing him and uh, Young was interesting because of the uh, the real Coleman Young that I got to know. uh, They allowed me to spend a day with him at his office and a day with him in Manoogin mansion. Watching him go through all of his official duties as mayor, and then getting to talk to him personally about his personal life, which he just didn't talk to anybody about that, but he 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 was willing to do that with me. He he said he trusted me, and I don't think we violated that trust. But he was interesting because he had this street smart, wiseacre, you know, loud mouth. talk the the, the ghetto language, that was his public image. But when you interviewed him and got to know him personally and privately, you discovered that he had a great knowledge of philosophy and history and poetry, and he loved music, good music. Uh, But he managed to maintain that image because it was important to him electorally. Never hmm. be too, you know, above everybody else. Hmm. So that was an interesting interview. Bishop Tutu was the most inspirational interview that I've ever done because he had suffered so much physically and emotionally. He'd been in prison. He'd been beaten. His family had been abused and tortured, and uh, and his people had been murdered. Uh, and yet he had come through all of this with such a wonderful spirit of Jesus i mean he really he he really walked the talk and he just radiated forgiveness and grace and it was an inspiration just to be around him so those during my years in detroit uh, I mean, there were so many, uh, so many great stories and so so many wonderful memories and great experiences and covering the fireworks and the Thanksgiving parade. And uh, just on the the day to day news beat and the the camaraderie that I had with all the people in the newsroom, we'd go out after the 11 o'clock news, we'd go across the street to the anchor bar and and, uh, just relax and enjoy each other's company and tell stories. I have wonderful memories of raising my children uh, there, and so it will always be home. Uh, I was there, uh, I was on the air on TV for uh, almost 20 years, but I was there in a part of the scene for closer to 30, Mm -hmm. and uh, running the company and doing my (laughs) syndicated video, and I had a column, a daily column in the free press. so yeah, Detroit will always be home, and the memories are are rich and plentiful. And uh,
1: I think I you can see Detroit. that in the show a lot in your performance in the show and everything.
3: Yeah, well, so it's actually true.
1: Yeah, very genuine.
3: I lived in Detroit longer than I lived in any other place. Um, I could never hold a job. <laughs> finally landed in detroit and liked it and stayed there but uh i guess i'm coming up now on uh, just about equaling that time it's hard to believe but i retired from television in detroit 23 years ago wow wow that's a long time yeah so i've almost i am almost uh And a lot of that time I was splitting my time because I was still flying the airplane quite regularly. And uh, So we would fly down here sometimes just for a long weekend, take a Monday off and fly down for three days. But I've lived here in Florida. Uh, First condominium I bought here was in 1982 at uh, Sawgrass right down the street from where I live here in Jacksonville. And then when we Got ready to retire, we bought a home on Amelia Island, which is just north of here. And we were there for uh, eight years before moving into the city of Jacksonville. So, it's a good life. I'm very grateful. Very grateful. I said, of all the things I've felt since losing my wife, and that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with, I lost two wives to cancer. I lost my first wife after 34 years. We were childhood sweethearts, and I married her when I was 19.
1: Wow. I'm so sorry.
3: Renee and I uh, were married for 31 years, and both of it very, very sad, big loss. But I told my kids, I said, the one thing I can never feel is self-pity. How many people would be blessed to have one great love in their lives? mm too.
1: so true and
3: Amazing. so i'm just filled every day with gratitude for health for friends don't have
0: that best friend picked
3: out yet but i've got a lot of friends.
1: <laughs> you're about to get a flood of applicants i like promise
0: <laughs> and yeah we could name each one a uh, uh there'll be one best friend and everyone else is a chump of the week so you're
1: gonna have 200 best friends
0: <laughs> and then one loser will have to join isis Uh, to close out the episode wanted to give a special thank you to Jeremy Uh, almost on a lark I said during one episode that we would love more than anything to have Mort Krim on the podcast and one of our listeners Jeremy uh, had a connection to Mort and reached out and I just wanted to say thank you again it was really a joy recording with more. We sort of had some time before and after the podcast, which doesn't really make the final cut. Um, And that was as funny as what you are hearing here. So it was really a joy to do this podcast. And Jeremy, I want to thank you again. That's a Chunky has always been supported by the Etsy shop of Swazine, Swayzine, S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. Uh, in the past, you've seen his amazing motivational posters, his um, At the Nighthawks diner featuring characters from I Think You Should Leave, uh, you also know his vintage jazz posters of Paul Bufano, Marcus the Worm Hicks, and Mookie Kramer. Um, Swayzeen has a ton of new items in his shop we wanted to let you guys know about. Um, those three jazz posters have been turned into uh, attractive T-shirts. The Marcus Hicks in blue, the Mookie Kramer in green, Paul Bufano in white. He has a uh, very affordable... Uh, Bozo the Clown Clown Pewter sticker that you can put on your computer. Um, there is a Baby of the Year bib and onesie. Uh, he has Angels and Archways t-shirts, um, as well as uh, two new posters, one featuring Dangerous Knights, uh, which is being framed and put on my wall, and <laughs> an amazing portrait of uh, Brian from the uh hat sketch the insider trading sketch um but the whole point of me re-recording this ad was to tell you about maybe the most innovative i think you should leave product i've seen in my time doing this podcast which is actual dan flash's shirts so this isn't like a t-shirt that says dan flash on the front this is a short or uh, short sleeve polo or a long sleeve uh, collared shirt that has the pattern Tim Robinson is wearing in the Dan Flash's sketch, uh, affordably placed at $30. I know when I went um, to the Dan Flash's stores at the Creeks, I spent $800 out, out the door and um, didn't eat for a long time. Uh, saving my per diem Um, but if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash swayzine again swayzine is s-w-a-y-z-i-n-e you can own these shirts yourself Um, and we want to thank uh reggie from swayzine for his support of that's a chunky